It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. Thank you, as always, for listening and making the Locked On Podcast Network, the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to this via iTunes and the Android app. I'm here every Monday through Friday, although I am taking Thursday off. So, sorry, everybody. Um, and please check out the rest of the great Lockdown Network, which includes Lockdown NFL, Lockdown Fantasy, and Lockdown Eagles, which will get you ready for Monday night. Got a good show for you today. Second down, will Clay Matthews be back at inside linebacker for the Eagles game? Third down, why are the Packers always injured? And fourth down, some of your questions. But first, it's first down, and it's Mark Murphy's comments on the potential firing of Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson. Murphy talked about it with Milwaukee radio station WTMJ, that is the flagship radio station of the Packers radio network. Murphy shares your disappointment, and then he adds this important line. You've got to look at Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy's track record. And we've, you know, we've talked about the track records here before. The Packers and the Patriots are the only teams in the NFL with seven consecutive playoff berths. And I did the math on this uh, about a, two weeks ago, and I, I should have looked it up here before I started the podcast and forgot to. I do know that Mike McCarthy is 36th in NFL history and wins. If you take those 36 coaches, I believe he's either 6th or he's 7th in winning percentage in that group. So, I mean, this is a coach. I mean, if someone, you know, look, McCarthy got ridiculed for the I'm a highly successful coach line. But that's the facts. I mean, he's been a highly successful coach. And judging by the comments here from Murphy, I, he seems reluctant to make some changes here. Here's, here's another line from Murphy. We've been through difficult stretches before. We've had consistent success, and it's hard to achieve that in the NFL. But I do sympathize with our fans. They want us to win. They want us to play better. We've just got to work through a difficult patch. I'm optimistic and I'm hopeful. We've done it in the past, and hopefully we can do it again. And then one more line here from, from Murphy. The answer isn't just to fire people at midseason, he said, which, you know, look, we all knew. Nobody in the entire planet, I think, thought he would, that he would fire Mike McCarthy in November, and nor should he. Now, you can make an argument that he should fire McCarthy and he should fire Thompson for the way the season has gone and the general direction of the team. 
But those guys have done too many good things for this franchise to throw them out after one really rough spot. I, you know, if nothing else, they deserve a chance to finish this thing out. You know, get a get a somewhat healthy roster, which we'll, we'll get into here later. But you know, they they deserve to finish this thing out, and which is clearly what's going to happen here. And here's the final noteworthy line here from Murphy: Our coaches and personnel people, and Ted and Mike have shown in the past they can turn things around. I think that makes that approach. Excuse me. I think that taking that approach certainly makes more sense than just firing people to fire people. You know, it's an interesting deal. It's like the the chicken or the egg. Are you are you winning because you've had consistent leadership, or do you have consistent leadership because you've won? I think I think the two teams that have been more cons- the most consistent teams. Well, you know, there were three: be New England, Pittsburgh, and Green Bay, and they've they've been consistent winners. Now, have they been consistent winners? Is because they've stuck with their GM and their coach, or is it the other way around? You know, I go back to Pittsburgh. You know, under under the Rooney family, they, they stuck with Chuck Knoll forever. They stuck with Cower forever, and they've had Mike Tomlin for for quite a while now too. And they've consistently won. And it's are you better off sticking with guys that, with a proven track record and riding out a rough patch, or are you better off? You know when that when that rough patch comes and think you know what maybe it's time for some fresh ideas and this leadership team has run its course. I mean, I don't know the answer to that, and it's about the hardest decision I think any owner or in this case Mark Murphy can make. Do you ride it out? If you're Mark Murphy, do you ride it out for one more year? Speaking of 2017, when your quarterback is 33 going on 34, in fear that you know what. Maybe we don't have the right guys in place anymore, and maybe, maybe uh, Mark Murphy or uh, Mike McCarthy's approach has gone stale, and, and maybe Ted Thompson's personnel approach needs some tweaking. I don't know. Um, I know what I'm inclined to do. I'm I'm inclined to to move on from from Ted. You know, ask him. You know what? You know, would you, maybe would you like to retire? <laughs> well. We'll give you a we'll give you a rocking chair on, on the way out the door. I don't I don't know the answer to it because they have won so many games, and is this year just because they've been so beat up? You know, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see how this breaks down. And you know, Mark Murphy made clear in the interview that he appreciates your comments and he appreciates the thoughts of the team's you know five million shareholders or whatever the number is, but they're not going to make the decision. Now, with that said. Mark Murphy also looks at the financial numbers too. I mean, we talk to him every June or whatever it is, and he raves about you know the pro shop, a record year for the pro shop, and a record year for stadium tours and all that. What the Packers losing are pro ships, pro ship, pro shop sales. Are, are those going to dwindle some? Are the stadium tours going to decline? And will that stuff fall by enough where it really impacts the bottom line? Look, Green Bay is. Rolling in cash. I mean, they are a top 10 in revenue team every year. Although Murphy's pointed out last year, too, that, you know, it, it doesn't take very much money to go from, you know, like number 8 to number 13 or 14. You know, it's a pretty tight pack. But, look, Lambeau Field's a 24-hour, 365-day-a-year ATM for these guys. So I don't I don't know how much losing is going to matter. One losing season, it'll be interesting to see. If you know when we when we talk to him in June, if the financial data has anything to do with whatever decision that he makes, 
And this segment of Locked On Packers is brought to you by my website, PackerReport.com. Not only do you, get, do you get the world's best preview and another exclusive comment, but Packer Report members get 10% discounts on gear through Fanatics, 10% discounts on tickets through TicketMonster, and you or renewing annual members get one year of Sports Illustrated. And if your business would like to speak directly to Packers fans, the most loyal people on earth, you should consider sponsoring this podcast. Our audience is 97% male and 74% between the ages of 18 and 44. And according to a recent survey from Edison Research, consumers are highly likely to purchase from podcast sponsors. According to the survey of 1,000 podcast listeners, nearly two-thirds of them were more willing to consider purchasing products and services they learned about during a podcast. So if you want more information, contact me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com, and I'll send you all the details. All right, back to the show, and that is second down. And will Clay Matthews be back at inside linebacker for Monday night at Philadelphia? As you know, against the Redskins on Sunday night, Jake Ryan, their <clears throat> veteran inside linebacker, is a second-year guy, missed the game with an ankle injury. And then uh, Blake Martinez, the impressive rookie, suffered a knee injury with about five and a half minutes to go and missed the rest of the game. According to ESPN.com's Adam Kaplan, there's an MCL sprain, and that's you know two, three, four weeks right there. So the Packers play the rest of the game with Joe Thomas and Carl Bradford as their linebackers. And you know, Thomas was their, has mostly been their dime inside linebacker, their passing situation kind of guy. And Bradford was promoted from the practice squad on Saturday. Can the Packers really go into a what really is the end of the season game on Monday night? Can they, can they really go into that game with Thomas and Bradford as the guys? The key obviously is Ryan, will he be ready to go? Uh, we asked McCarthy about that on Monday, but Jake Ryan was out of town for a personal matter, so McCarthy didn't have didn't have a handle on where he was. But again, again the Packers season is probably over. But who the hell knows? Maybe, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. So clearly, you've got to win this game. If you if you lose this game, then you really do have no chance. But if you win this game, if you, if you want to win this game, can you really do that? with Carl Bradford and Joe Thomas, or we'll have to move Clay Matthews back inside. Uh, we talked to Dom Capers about that on Monday. It was the, the logical question. He said, well, we haven't discussed it yet. That's what we'll do first thing tomorrow. And by tomorrow, he meant Tuesday in this case. Um, tomorrow is our game plan day. We'll look to who we think is going to be available and look at our alternatives, what we want to do. What the Eagles are doing certainly always influences those things. We'll talk about that tomorrow as we start our game plan meetings. And, you know, this isn't a question for McCarthy for now. This is more of a, you know, we, we talked to him at the scouting combine in February. And this is a, I already have a list of questions for him for that. And top of my list is, do they need to move Clay Matthews back to inside linebacker? And I know he's been a Pro Bowl player at outside linebacker and all that. But, you know, is it a coincidence that in a season and a half at inside linebacker, he didn't miss a single game? And last year when he started all 16 games inside, he was second on the team in snaps behind um, uh, Ha Clinton Dix. So he was healthy there. Now he goes back to outside linebacker and he's missed, you know, four games this season. So it's, it's an interesting question. Who knows if there's any relationship there, but it is kind of an interesting thing to ask McCarthy at the end of the year. But for now, what's going to happen on Sunday night? It'll be interesting to see what they do. You know, clearly, he has to be part of the plan. Because he, even if Ryan plays, I mean, you don't know. I mean, is he going to be good for 30 snaps? Is, is he going to re-injure that thing on, on snap number five? So I think 
Memphis has to be a part of the plan, but we'll see what they actually do come Monday night. And that takes us to third down and, and the first of our reader questions and related to the Clay Matthews question. Why are the Packers always injured is the question. Well, you know what? I did the math on this. This season, I've got them for 40 starts from their preferred starters. That's Sam Shields with nine. I went with Corey Lindsley as the center over Treader. So he missed seven. And Demarius Randall missed six. And there's obviously a whole bunch of other guys in there with, with Matthews and stuff. But those, those are the... The top guys. In 2015, I had him from 50 set, or excuse me, 56 missed starts. 32 of those were from Jordy Nelson and Sam Barrington. Otherwise, those guys missed the entire year. So those so that means they, they missed 24 starts for everybody else combined. That's not bad. In fact, I went to football outsiders and they, they had injury data um a little bit. It's called adjusted games of some sort. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand some of their metrics, but using their data, they were the ninth healthiest team in 2015 and the third healthiest in 2014. And then you contrast that with 2013 when they were the 30th healthiest team. In other words, they had the third most missed starts. And 2012 where they were dead last in injuries. You know what you get there? That is up and down. They went from a whole bunch of injuries in 2012 and 13 to not many injuries in 2014 and 2015 to what seems like a whole bunch in 2016. I don't have the rest of the league, so you know I, I don't I don't have a feel for whether that's abnormally a large number. What I do know is you know if you take 40 divided by 10, that's four injuries from starters per game, and then over 16 games you get 64 missed games from your starters, and that would be historically put you pretty much in the middle of the pack. Now, obviously, injuries numbers are probably going to go up as the year goes on, and Shields is going to miss is going to end up missing 15 games and all that. But you know, just based on that, I don't I don't know if this if this is super if this is much of an outlier. I mean, it's just the way this is just the way this is, and you know, I, this has been my premise for a while. And I did I did a study on this back in 2013. Um, Rick Gosen from the Dallas Morning News he always used to do a injury story at the end of the year based on number of games missed by starters. And since he's changed roles, he stopped doing that part of his job, unfortunately. But now I he had going back like to 2008, and I looked at the numbers, and to me, it's just luck. I, I would look where it was, you know, like I showed you with Green Bay, kind of yo-yoing up and down with injuries. I mean, that's the way it was with with most teams. The teams at the top of his chart for most injuries one year would be toward the bottom of with of, of that list the next year, and and vice versa. And Green Bay ended up being. You know, something around 20th in injuries during like that six-year span I did the study. So they were, they were more injured than the rest of the league, but only slightly so. You know, I, I don't know what you can do about it. I mean, these guys could hardly practice less. And, I, you know, I, back before the 2014 season, Mike McCarthy um, broke from the norm, you know, for, forever. If you have a Sunday game, you practice on Wednesday, you practice on Thursday, and then you have a light practice on Friday. Then Saturday, you sit in your butt and, and watch college football. Well, and on starting for 2014, McCarthy went to, you practice Wednesday. You have a hard practice on Thursday in pads if you can. The NFL PA has, or the NFL's uh, CBA has language regarding just how often you can practice in pads. But they'd go in pads if they can on Thursday. Then take Friday off. 
it's called the stay day, which is S-T-A-A, and I don't know what it means. It's, it's rehab and, you know, basically it's, it's a rest and recovery day and massages and all that kind of stuff. And then a light practice on Saturday, which runs about an hour, never in pads. And it worked. I mean, I gave her the injury numbers. You know, 2014, they were the ninth healthiest team. Excuse me, 2014, they were the third healthiest team. And 2015, the ninth healthiest team. And, you know, with a lot of those injuries being preseason injuries to take out starters. So it worked. So right when you think, you know, McCarthy has got it figured out. Your Packers have got are healthy because of his practice structure. Then, bam, look at this year. It has just been a train wreck of injuries. And I, look. The NFL is a brutal sport. Guys get hurt. At the end of the day, I don't, think, I don't know if you can do a whole lot about it. You know, besides just cross your fingers that you're healthy come December and January. Or, and you, well, you're healthy enough so you can survive to December and January. And then you are healthy enough in December and January to go win football games that matter. Clearly, that's not the case this year. And, you know, it's coming all the way full circle the first down with the Mark Murphy stuff. Do... Mike McCarthy and does Ted Thompson, does that duo get a pass on this year? Because they've had so many guys injured. It's a, I would think that's got to be, along with the financials, I think that has to be front and center on Mark Murphy's mind as he figures out just what in the heck he's going to do for 2017. And that takes us to fourth down, and that'd be some more of your questions. First of all, thank you to The Snake for that question on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Packer Report. Um, my question to you was if you, something along the lines of, if you have any questions, fire away, which people love the fire away comment. Um, so speaking of fire away, this is from Bucky fan. Mike, do you think the head coach and GM will return next year? I do. I'm not sure about the GM. Part of me wonders that if Murphy will ask Ted if you'd like to retire. But you know this team has been so consistent and so patient. And basically all matters, I go back to 2008. After they went six and ten, I mean, you know, you you know the story, you know, the whole Brett Favre saga. The fan base was ticked off, to use a polite word. And if there's ever a time to to make a change, it would have been right there. But but Murphy stuck with those guys then, and clearly his patience was rewarded. So my, my feeling is those guys are going to come back. You know, and as long as they the players keep playing, and that I mean, it's really all you can ask for them, right? I mean, they've shown no signs of rolling over and playing dead. Now, I'm not saying the whole staff's going to come back. You know, the way the defense has fallen apart here, again, that's injuries. And the special teams is going the wrong way, and again, that's injuries. But, you know, I don't know that everybody comes back, but, you know, just the way that they've stuck by their guys through thick and thin, and it's been a lot of, there's been a lot of good times. I just, I just don't see, just don't see them making a change. All right, another question here from GB Packers 4 and 6. Why is Rodgers not seeing wide open receivers? You know, I, 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 I'm assuming he's talking about the play on Sunday against the Redskins where Jordy Nelson was wide open. But you go back and look at that one. Nelson was wide open deep on the other side of the field while Rodgers is running for his life on the other end of the field. So did he see Nelson? Probably not. Even if he had seen Nelson, I, that would have been, even for Rodgers, that would have been a really, really, really difficult throw. You know, yeah, Rodgers has missed some passes this year. I, mean, I, I sit up there in the press box and I say, boy, Rod, he missed Ty Montgomery wide open on the flat or, or whatever. Easy for me to say from the press box where I got the whole field in front of me. 
different story at quarterback. And his riders missed some open guys. Yeah. But I sit there with every quarterback and like, oh my goodness, he missed that guy wide open. He just didn't see him. You know, there's a lot of progressions and, and you're spreading the field uh, horizontally, horizontally, you're spreading it vertically. And you, you know what? You just miss guys. And has Rodgers missed some guys? Yeah. Has it been more than years past? Maybe. I, I guess I, I, certainly, I certainly can't quantify it, but you know, I, I see it every week where quarterbacks just don't see guys. And I, I think it's the way it is where, look, you've got progressions. You've got progression one, you got progression two, you got progression three on, on any given passing play. Well, what if the guy who's wide open is number four? Or what if the guy is, is number three who's wide open, but number one's a pretty good option, you throw it to him. So if your progression, if progression one is there, you're going you're gonna to throw it there. I mean, you're, you're not going to go from one to two to three, then come back to one if number one is there. So I, I, I think it's just the way quarterbacking is. From uh, Vince Ramos, I hope you're, I'm getting your name right. Chances to pack, win the North and sneak in the playoffs. Um, 1%. Detroit and Minnesota play Thanksgiving. So one of the teams is going to be up to 7-4. and four. Even if Green Bay wins, it'll be 5-7. and seven. Two back, five to play. Um, I think if you're Green Bay, I think you got to pull for the Vikings to win this game. Because you get the Vikings at home in week, uh, what's it, six, seven, yeah, week 16. Yeah, it's week 16 Vikings, week 17 at Detroit. Um, it's slim, no. You know, the Vikings aren't playing great, but they, they, they've found a way to beat a pretty darn good Arizona team on Sunday. And Detroit, they got magic this year. I mean, all six games on game-winning drives. Um, I don't think either team is great, but yeah, I, I, I don't think Green Bay is, is good enough to win a whole bunch of games, and I don't, I don't think they're bad enough to where they're just going to keep losing. Um... Here we go. I'm waiting to get to this one from Wide Spot. Packers seem to get beat, beat deep down the middle a lot. Why don't they adjust? All right. I did some research this morning while I was getting ready for the well, getting ready for my coffee to get finished. So let me go here to my notes here. All right, here we go. The Packers have been beat deep down the middle. There, there's no spinning this. I went to the numbers at the NFL's uh, media stat site. On deep passes down the middle, which I believe are defined as passes thrown 20 yards down the field. On deep down the middle passes, they were allowing 22.3 yards per passing attempt. That is 32nd in the league, everybody. That is dead last. And their 65% completion percentage, that is 28th. So I picked a couple of good defenses at random. One, I picked Denver. So this is sortable, but you have to go through every team. So I didn't go through every team. I just picked two defenses at random. Denver with great corners. Where are they at? Well, they were, allow- they were allowing 11.5 yards per passing attempt. That is 7th best. And 50% completions, that is 13th best. Minnesota. 5.92 yards per play on deep passes, deep down the middle passes. That is 2nd in the league. As is 28.6% completion percentage, also 2nd in the league. Why? It's a really good question, and you know what? This is going to bring me bring about a story. I, I I need to go ask the coaches this week. Let me get the defensive coaches this week. So I'll be I'll be asking them. So I appreciate the question, which is why I love you guys because I am I am known as stats guy, Mister Stats are for losers. But I'm, I'm glad you, I, I I'm glad you asked this. Um, look, I, I it comes down to personnel, right? They're so slow. 
Ladarius Gunter and Quentin Rollins, especially a not-quite-full-speed Quentin Rollins, and Micah Hyde at corner, they're so slow. So, you know, I, I think the safeties are having to help with double coverage or, or, you know, helping over the top of that stuff. And that's sort of the problem when you do that kind of stuff is it frees up other guys. In a perfect world, your corners play one-on-one coverage, and then your safeties are just there to, to help, and they, they, they can't do it. They're, they're, you know, the perfect example, would be, of course, would be the Julio Jones game where they, they consistently had a safety to help on Julio Jones. Well, what happened? Well, Mohamed Sanu killed him. And so when you, when you, cover, when you, when you uh, combine corners who aren't fast enough with safeties, you have to be cognizant of that. I, th- I think offenses work that against you and, and, and use it to their advantage. And look, it's not just deep down the middle passing. On passes deep right, Green Bay, 19.7 yards per attempt, 60.9% completion percentage. Both of those are the worst in the league. So it's not deep middle passing game, a big problem. But, you know, just deep passing in general is a problem for this defense. Another question here from um, KIOH. I'm not going to pronounce that because I'll screw it up. Do you think there's a possibility Ted Thompson isn't there next year? Yeah, I do. Um, Again, this is my thinking on this. I don't have. I have no idea if Mark Murphy shares this thinking or if he will share my thinking when the season is over. Ted Thompson did not do enough in season to help this team, and if Mark Murphy comes to that realization as well, will he go to Ted and politely ask him to retire, and thank him for all he's done, and and turn his thing over to Elliot Wolf? I I, th- I think it is a it is a realistic scenario. I don't know how likely it is. But I think, I think it is realistic that Murphy will decide that Ted has not done enough to help this team. Um, from at Balazas, 799. What about our pass rush? We thought this is our strength. Darn right we did. To me, this is the disappointment on this roster. I mean, I go back to last year's playoff game where they beat the heck out of, out of uh, uh, geez, Lee's Kirk Cousins. With a four-man pass rush, they didn't. They haven't beat anybody with a four-man pass rush in forever. It seems like it, the pass rush has gone away, and you know, missing Clay Matthews for those games certainly didn't help matters. And it certainly, I think it certainly had an impact on Nick Perry. But what I thought would be the strength of this team was the pass rush. I just thought it was an overwhelming strength. With you got Mike Daniels up the middle, you've got Peppers, you've got Nick Perry, you got Clay Matthews. I just thought they'd rush the pass, rush the pasture like crazy, and it would turn into all these turnovers. I was dead wrong. I don't know why. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, Pepper's getting old probably is a factor. Clay Matthews being injured is a factor. But yeah, it is the overwhelming disappointment of this team is the pass rush. And if you're looking for one reason, yeah, you can point to injuries and all that, but the pass rush has just evaporated. And when you got bad corners, the the salvation is you know, forcing the quarterbacks in, and they just haven't done it. From uh, Derek Anthony, at 82 Pack Fan, for next year's draft, which position would you use your first-round pick on? All things being equal, and let's just say the strength of every position is exactly the same, I'd go corner. Um, I, I still think you can get running backs, good running backs later in the draft, and I, and I know Zeke Elliott has taken the league by storm this year. But I, I think you can get look at Eddie Lacy end of the second round was a, was a terrific pick for him. 
I, you know, I, I think I think get your running back a little later, and I, and I think they barely need one of those two. But I'm going corner. You know what? Maybe Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins end up panning out. Great. Now we have three great young cornerbacks. But I don't, at this point, you have no idea what you've got there. And you better, and as you found out this year, if you don't have corners, you've got no chance to win football games. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to go corner. And last but not least, from John G., if Matthews moves to inside linebacker, are they going to use him in a normal inside linebacker role? Or like they used him when he first moved to inside linebacker? And I, I would think it's the latter. I think you would go with, oh gosh, I don't know. Joe, I will, I'll say Joe Thomas and Clay Matthews as your inside linebackers. And then on, on third and long, then you put Matthews as a pass rusher. Because look, on, on third and long, you're only using one inside linebacker anyway. And that already is Joe Thomas's role. So I would think they would re- reprise that role from last year. Matthews becomes a pass rusher on third down, and it's just Joe Thomas as your, your dime linebacker. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. I would not be here without you. Have a great day. Have a great Thanksgiving. And I will talk to you on Friday. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.